1: Gentlemen, boys and girls, sports fans around the world, welcome to episode two of the twenty eighteen edition of On the Point. I'm Rob from the East Coast. We have Aaron from the West Coast. And as I sit back and sip my Brooklyn IPA beer, I'm gonna give Aaron the Patch fan the floor for about five minutes to just, just say his piece about what happened on
0: Sunday. <laughs> So Super Bowl recap from my point of view. Um, So I would say the biggest thing for me to take away from that game was our atrocious defense and how just absolutely terrible we looked and played. Um, And that to me is just the biggest thing that I – saw that um, was my takeaway from it was just that we couldn't stop him. Um, You know, do I think not having Malcolm Butler played uh, a deal in it? Potentially, yeah. You could say either way. Um, His non-playing took away with it. I think all the talk of Brady being old and being uh, played out, I think throwing for 500-something yards, that just silenced that. Critic (laughs) Answer that question. But uh, overall, I mean, half off to the Eagles. They played a hell of a game. Um, They came and looked like a hell of a team, that the stage wasn't too big. Um, Everyone talked about leading up to the game, their lack of experience in big games, uh, lack of Super Bowl experience, but um, that, to me, it it didn't really matter. They were the better team that day. Uh, They came out and made the plays that they needed to play, so hats off to them. Um, But definitely that was my biggest thing was uh, our offense played amazing. Um, You know, Brady made one mistake, and that was it. And, you know, that one mistake ultimately – you know, was the game. You know, they gave up one sack, and unfortunately, it was the wrong time to give it up. Uh, You had one job, one one job. Yeah. And so, you know, and I was, and and so I'm not, you know, upset. You know, I'm not salty over this. I don't think it changes Brady's legacy. Oh, he's lost three Super Bowls. Okay, he's still won five. Um. <laughs> so that's, that's me going five and three, yeah, uh, is okay. Cool. Uh, you know, other guys are oh, you know, Bradshaw's four and zero, and all of this. And it's like okay, yeah, my my tata, m- my of being four and zero. Yeah. Uh, okay. I mean, you know, Brady's five and three. So uh, if you ask Bradshaw, if they would take their four and zero or five and three with you know. The three losses being potentially, you know, one player or another that went the other way, and being eight and zero, I'm pretty sure they'd take it. Um, and, and any sports fan to me, I would be hard pressed to believe that anyone uh, would say that, you know, they would take a perfect four and zero opportunity uh, over a, a five and three record in the Super Bowl. Um, you know, and that to me is just kind of the biggest takeaway from it. Um, And all the wins and losses, you can say, oh, either way, they were close. Uh, You know, people always said, you know, leading into the game, they've only won by, you know, X amount of points. They've never won by this amount of points. Um, And that, to me, is going to lead me, and, you know, we're going to do the rant section at the end of the show, and I'll save it for that. But, like I said last week, is you know, I hate when people try and – Take away from someone's greatness, or, um, you know, say they're great, but, or this is like, okay, guy, I don't have any Super Bowls. You've never even made it to the NFL. So for you to sit here and just, you know, try and define, you know, Brady's career or whatever um, and justify it, it's like, oh, no this and no oh, that, or but this and but that is like, yeah, I don't like LeBron, but you know what? He's still the goddamn best player um, in the NBA right now. Um, And and more on him later and all of this stuff, it's like, you don't have to like the person. You don't have to like the team. But just give them a respect uh, that they deserve, that they've earned. um, And just stop always trying to justify, uh, you know, someone's greatness or a team's greatness or someone's success by, um, you know, trying to find a way to say, yeah, but, or this, or that. Like, at the end of the day, um, you know, they won regardless how you feel about it um, and just kind of let it go. So, and the whole oh, oh Brady didn't shake uh, Nick folds his hand, shit, He's a man. why is He's Brady a man getting a pass?
1: Have you, have you seen Foles' post-game interviews? <laughs> He is a Foles is a man of God. If Brady doesn't shake Nick Foles's hand, what does that say about Brady?
0: That he was pissed that he lost the Super Bowl. And that's <laughs> exactly right. He was pissed. He was pissed, he was pissed <laughs> that he lost the Super Bowl. I, I don't understand
1: why there's, there's so much commotion about about that and so much criticism. I even saw comparisons. Uh, yeah, Cam, I, well, I even saw comparisons it just, about him and Kim and Cam. Exactly. Like, come on. I mean. For, uh, for all we know, Tom couldn't get the Nick because there were just too many reporters in the field. Or may, maybe Malcolm Butler was crying somewhere and he had to step over him. I, I have no idea. And,
0: and but, I mean, it's just it's stuff like that that's just frustrating. And it's like, why? Like, why is this, how is this, and what is this even a story? This has nothing to do with anything or whatever. Um, you know, and it's like the same thing that people, you know, with the earlier this year when Odell Beckham put up the, you know, the Twitter video of him and his sideline meltdowns compared to, you know, Tom Brady and his. And then it's like, oh, he gets labeled as this and someone else gets labeled as that. It's like both of the guys are passionate and both of them truly care about what they do and what's going on on the field. So it's like I agree with Odell. It's like, but at the end of the day, don't blame Brady. Brady isn't the one that's making these. Comparisons or making these things. Like, it's the media. They're the ones that are putting this um, spin or thought process on stuff that's out there. So it's just like, there's no rule saying you can't, you know, show emotion. You know, people handle crap differently. Um, And it's just like, to me, it's like, I would rather have that guy on the sideline than the James Harden who loses in, you know, the playoffs and an hour later is in the club with Kylie, uh, you know, at the strip club chilling, you know, with the Kardashians. Like, bro, you just didn't look like your season's over and you at the club already with a bottle. Like, damn, homie. Like, just at least face something so, like so you here. Care, But it's like I'd rather have <laughs> that kid who's breaking down on the sideline crying um, than anything else. And we were going way off topic. it did got nothing to do with the Super Bowl. But, man, I don't know. It, it's just – Well, well I'll, I'll, add, I'll, I'll add one, one quick – uh,
1: comment to that. Uh, for, for me, it comes down to, to sportsmanship. Uh, sorry, sportsmanship and good sportsmanship versus poor sportsmanship. Now, shaking the opposing quarterback's hand is just understood as being good, displaying good sportsmanship. Um, however, I don't believe that Brady looked full in the eye and deliberately said to himself, "I'm not going to shake this guy's hand." We don't know the circumstances after the game. It's the biggest game of the year. The Eagles won in. You know, somewhat of dramatic fashion. It was their first Super Bowl ever. Uh, you know, if if there ever were to be a report where Brady deliberately ignored you know, ignored Foles or deliberately didn't give him his respect, maybe I'd feel differently. But I I don't think that there's any evidence, nor do I feel that Brady deliberately, you know, ignored him or, or didn't want to show him any his respect or give him his props or whatever the case may be. So I do think that it was going out of proportion. But James James Harden thing was so ridiculous. We're, we're not going to get into that right now. We we can't we, we can't talk about James yeah. Harden and his and his uh, and his lack of emotion. That's a that's a whole another hour long show right there if we choose to do so. Uh, however, yeah, I, I did mean, and, I did have I did have a a little bit of a of a I guess criticism of one r- remark that Brady made, and I think you kind of referenced it when you were going on your your little uh, five minute uh, rant, if you will. Uh, in Brady's press conference, he, I think he may have been a little salty. He was like, yeah, they made one good play. They made it at the right time. Come on, bro. One good play? They made a lot of good plays. But, you know, at the end of the game, I'm sure emotions were, were flying super high. Uh, I'm sure Brady didn't, didn't mean or didn't intend or, di- or wasn't suggesting that that was the only good play of the game the Eagles made. I just, I just found it a little bit funny the way it came out of his mouth. Yeah, they made one good play at the right time. They won
0: yeah and and so this is and my thing is is it's like my frustration with with stuff like that is it's during the Super Bowl, the biggest game that every single person who suits up on all teams from preseason that they work to get, so when you go in and then you lose in the dramatic fashion of that like you know. You feel – everyone, I'm pretty sure, felt, uh, you know, okay, here we go again. Two timeouts, two, you know, 220-something on the clock, Patriots get the ball, Uh, (laughs) driving down the field. That was what was going to happen. That's what everyone was thinking. So, um, you know, I I agree, yeah, it's probably a little bit of salt behind it. But, um, you know, they didn't just make one – great play but I think everything's just over magnified um and I think sometimes people gotta forget, you know lose sight that this is the Super Bowl this is that's it you know this is what they train for in the offseason this is what every single person this is why they battle so it's like yeah when you lose you know is this not I why mean, you are here kind of like is this not why you are here yeah. <laughs> it's like, why, why? It's like, what do you expect this guy to do? It's like, oh, let me go, let me go chase down Nick Foles, run through the confetti, let me go do this stuff, let me say all the right things. It's just like the same thing with Cam. It's like, you hear the other team over there talking shit about you and your team, What and you know all the blood, sweat, and tears, literally, that you guys put in to get there uh, and to come up short, and then you just see everyone else, and it's just kind of like, Man, this just isn't the time for me to, um, for you to ask me these dumbass questions. How do you feel? How the fuck do you think I feel? Uh, I don't even know. If it's about <laughs> oh well. <laughs> but it's just stuff like. Yes. Yeah, like yeah, you know, like there, there was one point. There
1: was one point during the Nick Foles. There was one point during the Nick Foles uh, uh, press conference where I don't know what the question was, but I believe the reporter asked Nick Foles. How are you doing? And Nick Foles says, "Good. How are you doing?" And I'm just like, "What is? What is going on here?" It was it was kind of funny to me. I'm not sure if you caught that or if you even you know watched his press conference and and all of your I, despair. To be sadness. honest
0: with you, I haven't I haven't turned on <laughs> the TV, listened to any of the stuff because it's just the whole. Now everyone's gonna say, "Oh, you know Brady's not the goat anymore." All these things, and it's like, here we go, like. You said all year he was the greatest. Now he comes out, uh, makes one play, but we overlook everything else that the guy has done, all the records he set, and then just say, oh, well, he's not the GOAT. Um, Or we start to justify and proclaim someone's greatness. Or we start to compare and say, oh, well, you know, this and oh, well, that. And it's just like, at the end of the day, it's a subjective thing. But at the end of the day, if you don't think that he is one of the top two uh quarterbacks ever to play the game uh in history then to me it's just kind of like i think you're just stupid and biased and it's like you're just saying it to be the outlying person when all of his stats um you know prove otherwise and it's like okay i can erase all names and just put stats in front of you and say who's the better quarterback um and no one would know it's like okay <laughs> you know was, and that's just my thing um
1: with all well, of this stuff well, and, I, I I live, I live here in Jersey, and I I believe if uh, so I can kind of dissect what you're saying, uh, you are pretty much just calling every single New York Jets fan stupid advice because I guarantee you, not one New York Jets fan would call Brady a top two quarterback. <laughs> I,
0: I you know, uh, but <laughs> I, I agree, but they they won't call him that because of their salt towards him.
1: Uh, of of course, Brady's Brady's one of, one of the top quarterbacks to ever play the sport of, of American football. I, I will never doubt that. Um, but before I get into or before we get into some specific uh, topics, stats, points about the game it, itself, um, Aaron, would, wouldn't it be so interesting, or wouldn't it have been so interesting if back in the 70s, 80s, even early 90s, when there was so much bad blood in the NBA and players were literally just fighting each other on seemingly a nightly basis. If there was all this social media around the clock, 24/7, I would love to know how Jordan felt about Charles Barkley in the in the 90s. I would have loved to know a lot of these things about the NBA back then, but we didn't have that access to the players. And for all we know, they could have been just as bad or even worse than things are nowadays in sports. What if? What if? Yeah. And
0: that's my biggest thing was like, you know, we sit here and we and we do this and then it's like, okay, so you telling me that every year, every single person on both teams makes it a point to at least shake or hug or talk to one person from the other team. Every single every single Super Bowl and Cam and, and Brady, the only ones that have ever been saucy. You gotta be kidding me, man. Like this is Exactly stuff like that. That that's why I get so frustrated with stuff when people you know, post and say, oh, I'm judging him based off of this. So you mean to tell me in the history of sports, in the history of the Super Bowl? We just do it with the Super Bowl. And I was like, well, if that's the problem, then it's like, you can't like Brady. You got to be pissed off about this. You can't like that. Because then if not, then it's like, I mean, at the end of the day, different people handle emotions differently. And so for me, it's just like I don't understand how or why um, that is. And it's kind of like the same thing with T.O., you know they're like using the reason why it took him so long was because of all his off the field antics and all that stuff and it's like look at the end of the day I was not a T.O. fan. T.O. deserved to be in the Hall of Fame um and he deserved to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. But you know, he got in and so for me it's just it's stuff like that that I'm just like okay people, like let's stop you forget and we put these athletes on a pedestal um and at the end of the day, we forget they're human, and that you know yeah, and the wor- it's and the okay words for them the to
1: words show words- an emotion. And <laughs> the words of Randy Moss's longtime Minnesota Vikings teammate Chris Carter: "Come on, man!" I agree with you 100. <laughs> uh, percent uh, So let's let's run let's run through a, a handful of things from the game, and then we'll get on to some NBA talk. Uh, this I'm sure this is common knowledge by now that Brady. Uh, Unfortunately, in a losing effort, threw for the most passing yards ever in a Super Bowl, breaking his own record in which he set last year. In what was, of course, a victory for Brady and the Patriots. Um, do you find that? Does that does that make things sting a little bit more? So sorry to sorry to just you know boil your blood there, Aaron. But does that does that make this sting a little bit more? Like man, five hundred five yards. I believe I have that number correct. Super Bowl record, thirty three points, and we lost. I know you referenced the New England defense as one main reason as to why they lost, but that's man, that's that's got
0: to make things a little more frustrating, doesn't it? Um, it it does. Um, but I mean, at the end of the day, it's like if there is a shining point, it's that. Um, and and like I said, it's because that's the you know at, everyone's like, oh well, he played bad in December. Okay. He's not allowed to have a bad month. Like, he's not. He's not ready. I, I, I know. It's like if he doesn't come out and throw for 300-something yards, you know, three touchdowns, no interceptions, all that stuff, uh-oh, he's getting old. Uh-oh, he's losing it. Uh-oh, it's this. But you only use that with him. But then you turn around and say, well, he isn't the best. But then you compare him to the best. And then you say yeah. So it's just kind of like I, I hate the the flip-flopping. I hate that. Just keep the same energy. Keep the same consistency across the table. Like, you know, at the end of the day, it's just frustrating. Um, Do I think – I feel like it's somewhat of a wasted effort, but, I mean, it is ultimately a team game. The defense played bad, and then, you know, Tom made a mistake too at the end. Um, And ultimately, you know, that's what cost us. Um, But, you know, it is what it is. (laughs) I, I was
1: going to feed into a, a point about New England losing both their offensive and defensive coordinators, but am not sure if you guys have heard the breaking news today where McDaniels has decided not to join the Indianapolis Colts. So who knows what's going to happen there? R- the rumors will yeah, start so, swirling for sure.
0: Yeah. So we can kind of use that to uh, – you know, levy it into it. So it's like I think I think Andrew Luck's progress of where he is at plays a part in it. And I think you'll start to hear some of the rumor mills about where he is physically. Um, the guy's still young, so he can play. But I definitely think that uh, because the Colts have been very, very hush-hush on him, he has been very, very hush-hush on – this he, he, was His, probably, he was originally supposed to come
1: back during the during the season this year, if I remember correctly. It, yeah, yeah, he it was. I I mean, mean, he then had, had another
0: surgery this year, though.
1: Yeah, it's so there, there's there's a lot there's a lot that we don't know about Andrew Luck's health. There's a lot that we don't know about Andrew Luck's future. There's a lot that we don't know about the Colts organization. So you make a very good point, one in which you ran with very well.
0: <laughs> yeah. So I you know I so I think it's that and then I also think that uh with Belichick on his way out, um, I, I think, you know, the Pats have kind of basically had Josh McDaniels as the uh as the head coach in waiting now. Um as kind of the heir to the throne of Belichick and I think that's what they've uh, kind of promised him. And I actually think it was a smart move uh, for the Pats to kind of keep the train running uh, and taking a page out of Pittsburgh's book with, um, uh, you know, just kind of hiring internally and, and bringing the guys up, uh, you know, from within the organization.
1: Yeah. I mean, this, there's also some questions about the the Patriots uh, coaching staff in general. Patrician is, of course, leaving for, for Detroit, but um, – McDaniels, who knows what his role is going to be going forward. Of course, if if Belichick remains the head coach, I'm I'm sure McDaniels' role isn't going to change one bit as the offensive coordinator. Um, But going back to to the Colts, and Aaron, you and I were discussing this a little bit earlier, or rather I was was making this this argument where, hey, we've seen this happen with with Belichick, with with the Jets. What if McDaniels just looked himself in the mirror and was like, you know what, I just don't want to go to Indianapolis. I don't want to go to the city. I don't think this team is very good. I don't think this organization is very good, aside from their Super Bowl championship with Peyton Manning. I, I I don't know what's going on with Andrew Luck, or perhaps he does, and this this is the main reason why, as he mentioned. But uh, I I could easily see McDaniel's being like, no, you know, I I initially made a mistake. I don't want to leave a good thing here in New England, and I'm I'm good. I am good. Yeah. Let's get into let's get and into some of uh, some of the. Go ahead. Another another point about uh good old McDaniel's. Go ahead, Ann.
0: Yeah. So I mean, I, I just think that I I think Indy is one organization within the NFL that is a stable organization. Um, but I, you know, I to me, I think it's the two biggest things. I think the Pat sold being a head coach and waiting, and I honestly, think Andrew's luck, health plays a role. Um, I just that to me is just the biggest thing and the biggest concern. And, you know, which is, it's been 13 months and the guy, you don't see him, he hadn't even thrown a football yet. Um, And that to me is very concerning. Um, We saw what happened to Deshaun Watson and yesterday he started running um, on the treadmill and stuff like that. So obviously he's um, making progress, but, you know, to me, it's just, I, that's, that, to me, are the two biggest things that we'll probably hear coming out of it is, uh, you know, the status of Andrew Luck and then also probably, um, you know, they'll say that he's the head coach in waiting there may maybe overall that Belichick's out. Uh, he's just going to retire and amid all the controversy and McDaniels will, you know, take the throne with Brady, um, you know, for his last year and kind of be that transition piece. So we'll see. A lot more to come. Well, as as an
1: orthopedic physical therapist, I will say that shoulder rehabilitation is much more complex than that of the knee, especially in ACL reconstruction. But it does make me extremely concerned that we know very little about Angelo's progress. Um, so let's let's talk about a guy, or just to quote Chris Collinsworth. Here's a guy who did not get to play defense at all during the Super Bowl malcolm butler i mean the the rumors were were swirling like a tornado for the last couple of days uh he He recently made an, made an, a post on social media uh, where he's trying to debunk all of these rumors and all these criticisms and negative reports about why he was benched um, the replacement i believe it was it was Roe who replaced Malcolm Butler was was kind yes. of getting torched by by he was kind of getting torched by Alshon Jeffrey in the early part of that game and I don't know what Malcolm Butler did that was so bad where Bill Belichick the genius is sitting there in the sideline like oh my gosh I don't want to put this guy in despite the product I'm seeing on the field but uh, <laughs> I I I'm not sure about the extent of what he did it's, at least from Butler's point of view he did a whole bunch of nothing um Belichick has somewhat of a history of, of playing playing chess with his players from time to time. Uh, Butler is going to become a free agent next year. They were discussed with discussed the possibility of trading him before the season began to so my beloved New Orleans Saints. I don't know if there's a personal thing going on, but regardless of all of that, it's the Super Bowl. If he's going to help your team win, then he had to have done something to rub Belichick the wrongest of ways to not see that field. But what's, what's the,
0: what's the latest that, you, that you've heard on some of that? So I've heard all the rumors of the missing, the curfew and the weed. Um, but he has since come out and, and made a post on social media uh, saying that the rumors aren't true. Uh, he was with his family every night. Uh, he never missed a curfew. Uh, any of that stuff, so uh, it'll be interesting to hear what happens. I don't think the Patriots bring him back. The way he found it, it was like he wasn't coming back. Um, but you know, do I think he could have made a difference? Yes. How much of a difference was it going to be in order to you know win the game? That I don't know. Um, that we'll never know. He, he played. I can't say if you high. just simply replace. I just can't say that if you simply replace him that the Eagles still don't make the plays that they made against Eric Rowe. I I just you know, I don't know if that's true or not. And so Aaron, 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 Aaron.
1: Aaron, we talked about experience and how it was evident that the Eagles lack of experience didn't seem to matter. I don't know if that's the case with Mr. Eric Rowe, because I'll tell you what, Malcolm Butler played the highest percentage of defensive snaps. Among anybody on that entire defense, that that is the epitome of experience. Uh, I, I this this I, whole thing is
0: is a head is a head scratcher. I'm not saying he didn't have the experience. I'm just saying that does he still stop Alshon Jeffrey from going up and and getting that touchdown? I don't know. Uh, right. You know, my thing is is because it's more so for me. It was okay. Malcolm Butler is a smaller guy, so I. Because Alshon Jeffrey is huge, so does Malcolm Butler stop him? I don't know. From a pure size standpoint, I can say he's still going to go up and go get it. Um, <laughs> just based off of the fact that that's just to me, it's the bigger man is going to get the ball. It don't matter how great you are. Um, you know, sometimes it's It's, it's, a, just, it's, ama-
1: it's, it's a amazing just how how improved. Like <laughs> man, I I I, I agree. Uh, I. But I think all things considered, I would prefer the, the, the experience. But uh, no, it, I, I, I I mentioned,
0: I'm just saying <laughs> I'm, I'm speaking more so for when they had Eric Rowe at the beginning of the game on Alshon. Because once they put Gilmore on Alshon Jeffrey, you never heard from him again. That's when it became Aguilar. That's when it became uh, Clement, the running back, um, out of the backfield. You never once Gilmore went over to Alshon, he was quiet. Um, he didn't, you know, that's when Zach Ertz came in, too, and I don't think you put Butler on Zach Ertz. He's stopping Zach Ertz, either. Um, You know, that's mini-Gronk right there. So, you know, that's what it is. So, so for me, it's kind of like, okay, does Aguilar then make the plays that he makes? Um, And stuff like that. So, that, to me, was kind of, I think they saw the Pats had a weakness, they attacked the weakness, and they took full advantage of it. What do they then do with Butler? Because, you know, okay, does that mean they Zach Ertz now just goes off and has a bigger game than he did uh, because he didn't have anyone really an answer for him? You know, I don't know. I, you can't know. We can all sit here and speculate um, and say, oh, well, this and that. To me, it's just kind of like we don't know. Um, yeah, I would have rather had his experience out there over Eric Rowe or anybody else that. Uh, or Joseph Batamuse, or, or whoever. But, um, you know, that to me was just the biggest thing. Yeah, I think his experience and his leadership would have helped. But also at the same time, um, you know, if he did something wrong and, you know, it is true of what the rumors are, then I fully support the coach. It was kind of like, you put yourself in that situation. Um, you know, just because you are a player of a certain stature, to me, a rule's a rule. You break a rule, you break a rule. Um it's the same way you know no one's above the law, uh you know, if you're out here smoking weed and partying up to me, it's like you don't you're doing that the week of the Super Bowl um you know, I don't care who you are, I don't care if you are Tom Brady, put in Brian Hoyer like that to me, you don't even have your team's interest at that point if this is what you're doing um you know i that to me is just you know it's just ridiculous, so um, you know it is what it is we don't know, so. And then hopefully when it comes out, you know, we can kind of judge from there. Well,
1: <clears throat> the success that the Eagles were having passing the ball earlier in the first quarter, in particular to Alshon Jeffrey. And and by the way, I talked about Aguilar a little bit in last week's show. And Aguilar, this season compared to his first two in the league, and also Alshon Jeffrey compared to his, his time with Chicago and the, the, in the injuries that he was sustaining – Man, th- those those two receivers have come a long way, and and they they fit the Eagles system well, and they, they they both had phenomenal seasons, and obviously had had good games on on Sunday. But that's that's a pretty pretty great receiving core if you throw in Zach Ertz and all those backs they have. You know who knows what the team's gonna look like next year, but I don't think enough credit is given to the Eagles wide receiving core and those two guys in particular with the success they've had this season compared to previously in their careers. Uh, But the success that they were having toward Alshon Jeffrey allowed Nick Foles to capture one of the greatest intangibles in all of sports. And that intangible, my friend, is confidence. I said last week that if the Eagles went down early, they were done. And quite the opposite happened. You gave Nick Foles – little bit of confidence, a little, little bit of pep in his step. He was he was praying on the sidelines. He was feeling good and while the Patriots did what the Patriots do and came back, Nick Foles was there for the counterpunch and the other counterpunch and the other counterpunch. Now, what's going on with, with
0: Gronk? He doesn't seem to be happy these days, man. I mean, again, it's why do they always ask after immediately after Super Bowl, so you're going to play next year? like I just lost the Super Bowl. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> it, you know, it's kind of like, are, are you kidding me? Like, oh my God. Um, and so for me, it's just um, you know, we'll see. I, you know, I hope he plays, obviously. Um, but it's just like, really? That's what, you know, why is that what you always want to ask? And it's kind of like he's never given you any uh, inclination that he wasn't going to play. Um, it's not like he's been in the league for um, 30 years or something. So,
1: uh know. Yeah. But but I but I, I bet you if if I I bet you when I go when I go to when I go and look at his, his injury history, it's it, it looks like that of an eighty year old. That man has taken a beating throughout his career. But you, you know, yeah. it's it's fun. It's fun. I just you know I just, I just mentioned the intangibles and and Nick Foles having all this confidence. Um, something about Gronk this year, perhaps even last year. and I know he's he's been hurt quite a bit. he uh, just. To me, and you know, I, this this is just my my perception, my my opinion, probably not even much of an opinion, but he just doesn't seem like the the jolly old Gronk these days. He he doesn't he doesn't seem to have the same you know character that he had early in his career. I mean, maybe he's turned into ultra serious Gronk. You know, Gronk score, Gronk mad. Who knows? But no, it's just just something that I seem to have picked up. And he just doesn't seem as jovial as he he was in the past,
0: but who knows why? Who knows if I'm making all this stuff up? For me, it's like he's been the same Gronk I've seen. I think this year um, he to me just came across more um, serious um, than before, but I don't think that's a thing of him getting old. I mean, I just think it's a sign of him maturing But I saw it, you know, in the game. I saw it when he was playing. He was still smiling. He was still laughing. He was still having fun. I mean, you may not see him dancing shirtless and doing all of the crazy things, but it's kind of the same thing with, you know, with Draymond. You you know, when Draymond the first year when they won and he was drunk and on ESPN or whatever doing a little post-game during their parade. Uh, um, So, to me, it's like, you know, he's kind of grown up and mature a bit and I think the same thing with Gronk. It's like, okay, when they first come in, they're young, they wanna have fun and kind of as they get older it's like, yeah, they'll still chirp and still talk, but uh, you know, some of the antics, um, you know, that they threw and then also of the loss. So I mean it's kind of like what's <laughs> what's really to be excited about after you lose the Super Bowl? Like <laughs> True. Again, it's just kind of like <laughs> what do you expect from the guy to come in? Like yeah, guys, um, I'm going to the gym tomorrow. Um, you know, doing the ice bath, you know, take a week off to reflect and then get back in the gym and and, and prepare for next year. Like, dude, just, I mean, I would expect that from, you know, it's the end of the season. You didn't make the playoffs or, or whatever, but it's like, why, you know, they just literally lost the championship game of what, you know, a pinnacle of their career. Um, and, you know, I think people kind of take that for granted, and then it's just like, well, what the hell do you expect this guy to say in this given point in time? Um, you know, it's kind of like to me is just one of those things of, you know, I don't take any stock in it. I don't understand why we put so much stock behind it. Um, it's just like post-Super Bowl questions to me are just the dumbest thing. I think we should just go back to the whole, I'm going to Disney World, and then just like <laughs> – let the team, you know, handle it internally with their friends and family, and then the next morning do a big, you know, media day, um, and have them answer all the questions. Then, but it's just like, oh, we want to know now, and it's like, well, speaking of questions, I don't speaking.
1: Speak, <laughs> speaking of questions, who was the first quarterback to ever say, "I'm going to Disneyland after the Super Bowl"?
0: Drew Brees,
1: Phil Simms. Drew Brees wanted like huh. like nine years ago. <laughs> This was going on if, way if, before that.
0: If you were asking, if, I had no clue. So if you were asking, I figured it had to be somebody you liked. So fuck just threw out true fruit. Oh
1: man! But but hey, but hey, a, a, a quick a quick uh, asterisk to that, if you will. To me, Draymond's not going to mature until he stops kicking dudes and mm, you know where. Now, <laughs> I, I wanna I wanna throw I wanna throw. Uh, one stat at you, and then I want to I wanna get your opinion on the Hall of Fame inductions, and then we're going to jump into some NBA talk. Uh, I was astonished by the Eagles' third down success rate, 10 of 16, 63%. To put that in perspective, Drew Brees just set the NFL record for an entire season with completion percentage at 72%. So their succession on third down was nine percentage points less than an all-time record, which was just broken this season by Breeze. And they only had a 42% third down completion percentage rate during the regular season, which jumped to 59% in the the previous two playoff games, which is good in and of itself. But uh, I I, I know we talked about the Patriots' defensive struggles, but, man, one thing that jumped out at me during that game was time and time again on third down and hey even fourth down I think they converted all their fourth down attempts. But time and time again, the Patriots just couldn't get off the field on third down, and that no, that that's just I I, I couldn't let that statistic typical, go, go go
0: remiss. That is bend but don't break. Send
1: but don't break. Yes,
0: yeah, that is typical Patriots. That is why I was I am happy that Matt Patricia. Is gone. It's the same thing I said last year. It's, it's, or last week of our bend, but don't break defense. Our bend, but don't break defense. So for me, it's just, it doesn't surprise me at all because our defense, again, is just, that's how it's set up. Bend, but don't break. Um, And I think that it's that, you know, so that stat doesn't surprise me. Um, And it's just a hope that, um, you know, we at least get two stops uh, and then our offense can score the rest of the time. <laughs> uh, and you got and just, you know, Brady can be yeah, out I, I, I loud. Uh, kind of
1: I, I believe New England has already uh, named their prospective uh, replacement for Patrician. Is that right?
0: Uh, I have heard names, but no one truly that um, is. They were looking at the linebackers coach. As well, and um, you know, I've heard rumor mills, but no true solid uh, people because I I heard Greg Chiano's name flying around. Um, He's one of the people, but like I said, I, you know, I don't take any stock in anything uh, until to me it's official. So,
1: and anyway, the 2017 NFL season is officially finished. We are done. But before we finish, do you have any, any gripes whatsoever, to just r- real hot take, any gripes whatsoever about who was inducted to the NFL Hall of Fame this season?
0: No. I think we got them all right. I think everybody uh, I mean, some of the names, I don't even know who those dudes are. I had to Google them. Um, but I'm <laughs> not going to lie, like the senior inductees or whoever, uh, but I definitely believe um, I will say this. I'm not a Ray Lewis fan. Uh, I can't stand Ray Lewis. Um, as a football player, I gave him all the respect because the dude was a monster. I don't like Ray Lewis from a personal standpoint. Uh, I think the whole Reverend Ray thing that he portrays, uh, it just hurts me to hell. Um, and so that's particularly why I don't like him. But, you know, T.O. deserves it. Again, I'm not a T.O. fan, um, you know, because of all of his extracurricular activities. Um, in his drama, but again, at the same time, when it came time to to play, uh, he put on the pads, he showed up, um, and you know, hey, Brandon if, if, if you, if you... plays off. <laughs> so, uh, you know, there dude, you go, dude. Dude, if, if you're gonna if you're gonna if
1: you're gonna reach national media levels by doing push-ups in your driveway, you deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. Go, go get him, T.O. You, go, out with your bad so But now, T.O.'s antics yeah. were. We're kind of we're kind of ridiculous at times, but just as the case with Randy Moss and and Ray Lewis, you can't argue with the product they put on the football field on every Sunday and Monday and Thursday and whatever other day the NFL oh. wants to play in Mexico and right, Canada but I do, and, and London. My
0: last take though on on the Hall of Fame and, and just on Ray is Ray, where's the right, white suit, Ray? Just tell us what a white suit is. Um. To this day, I think he did
1: it. So. <laughs> oh man, we're not even. We're, we're not. We're, <laughs> we're not even gonna
0: great.
1: go there. We are not gonna. We are not gonna go there. The shoe does not fit. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers. Something is just not right in the land. Things are not going well. They're not playing well. They're yelling at each other behind closed doors. Kevin Love says he's sick. No one thinks he's sick. C- can the man see a doctor? Can, can, we, can we get a little bit of information on whether or not Kevin Love was actually sick? It's it's 2018. Pl- players' injury news and health health records are all all, all over the place. If the, if the man's sick, we should know if he's sick. What's going on in the land, Aaron?
0: My biggest takeaway is, I think there's a lot of things. Um, I think... A, the roster they have constructed, they have no identity of who they are. Um, Absolutely not. And it's, I sit back and I laugh because, um, you know, people, and and I'm not mad, you know, because I just sit back and I laugh and it's like, hey, why the hell do people keep tying Derrick Rose? Like, Why? Why does, why does he keep, like, what has he proven to you since he has had all these injuries and all of these things? After his pirate, what he did with the Knicks, he did it again this year, just, I'm going to take a hiatus, uh, not even at the beginning of the year. It's like, bro, you just came off the offseason. Literally, like, ten games into the year, you're like, oh, I need a break. Bro, you just came off of the off season. What is it that you need to do right now? Last year, it was you had to go take care of family, just didn't tell no one this year uh he left with a fade, came back with dreads uh went and got married allegedly um <laughs> it was just kind of like <laughs> I, I don't know if, I, man look, I ain't gonna question what people do. I don't know if he got married. I haven't seen the marriage certificate of the date. I don't know if that's what it is. that's just what people say i ain't seen I don't follow Dude, him i'm, him I'm so sure I'm sure it's real, all, sure it's all public
1: record. <laughs> I'm sure it's all public record. We can find we can find this out. We can find out if Kevin Love is sick. We can find out if Derrick Rose got married. We need,
0: we need, we need to get this information. Come on. And then it's like, and then you go get it, but you trade for a player who's injured, and it's like, okay, so it is like my height, and the only thing he got going for him is he's fast and he's quick, but he also had a big hip injury so I mean I kind of think that to me is like again I'm not a doctor I'm not a physical therapist I'll leave that one up to you but I'm just kind of like I think two and two I did enough in health at Paulwood with my public school education to know that you kind of need that part of your body to be completely healthy to be completely fast again I mean I think that's just simple (laughs) one plus one equals two um and then you just got Tristan Thompson, who's got the Kardashian curse, um, <laughs> and who has, ever since he got his max deal, you know, five years, eighty something million dollars or whatever it was. Um, Jr. can't hit the broadside of the barn. Uh, Jay Crowder has one But he's gonna year keep shooting.
1: Jr. is gonna keep on shooting. He he will go five for fifty-five. True.
0: It's to me, it's just funny because I sit back and I look, and it's like, at the end of the day, you just constructed a team, and you, you know, and I don't blame them. And you know, LeBron's pissed because they won't make trades, but it's like, why? You haven't committed to them, so if they got a high round draft pick, and you're not going to commit, why are they going to trade it away to sell out and then just be stuck like Chuck again uh, when you leave and screw them? You
1: know I'm not a Lebron hater that, at all go ahead go ahead and finish your point because I got something to say go ahead, go ahead
0: and tell the tell the people keep keep going come on that's that's my frustration with him as an individual i like that is my biggest thing is Lebron is the biggest I need this I need that I want this I want that to where it's like dude. You are literally the best player in the world right now. And it's like, I don't understand why you need so much when it's like, you got a solid team, you had a solid team. But again, it's like, you want to put your onus on everything, you want to put your stamp on everything, you want to get involved in everyone's business. And again, that's why Kyrie left. Um, and it's my biggest problem with his non committal, his non, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. Uh, type thing. It's like, I want to test the free agency market. I want to do this. And it's like, bro, just say if you're going to stay or you're going to go. That's it.
1: Now, I, I've had three jobs in my life. The first being a cashier at Farm Fresh in Virginia Beach. Those were good times. Uh, shout out to my coworker Kyle Hollis, if you listen to the show. Uh, <laughs> the second being construction at the Virginia Beach oceanfront during summers while I was in college. The third is my wonderful career as a physical therapist. And all three jobs, when I submitted my resume, once I filled out the application, there was something called a job description, which clearly laid out what my tasks were from 9 to 5 every single day, Monday through Friday, because I don't work the Saturdays and Sundays, Clearly, LeBron missed that part of his contract. He does not know what his job description is as an NBA player. He's not a general manager. He's not. But he keeps attempting to be one. And when he doesn't get his way, things get shaken up a bit. And LeBron is probably the best all-around basketball player that we've ever laid our two eyes on. But sometimes this guy's just got to let the people upstairs do what the people upstairs do. Now, going off a few things you said about Cleveland, man, they historically, they've always had quality depth you know, d- during the, the LeBron era, the, at least the second time around. But when I look at this roster top to bottom, they're lacking That they're, they're, they're not spring chickens. They're, they're kind, of, kind of up there in age. And one thing that's, that's always impressive about Cleveland is despite their regular season struggles, and sometimes it takes them uh, the length of a season to figure things out. But once that postseason comes around, they, they just seem to figure it out. But this squad that they have in, in 2017, 2018, this team that they've constructed, for all the things that are wrong about it, all the things that you critiqued about it, I don't know if they're going to be able to pull it together come April, May, June, it remains to be no. seen. Uh, I, no. I, I agree with you. I don't, I don't think they're going to be able to. But it's just one thing that's, you know, I've always been amazed. I talked a lot last week about Belichick and the Patriots. They just they just grab these players who were dismissed by other teams in the NFL, and they just, they just make it work. Cleveland, they, they have their ups and downs mm-hmm. during the regular season. But come playoff time, they just make it work. But this year, it just doesn't seem. I don't feel it. I just I don't think they're going to make it work enough. And having, a, having a, a post-operative Isaiah Thomas running point is part of the problem. You mentioned his speed and him lacking explosiveness after his hip surgery. Um, and just in general, him playing fast, you mentioned that they don't really have an identity. To me, Cleveland d- doesn't play fast. They, they, I, Isaiah Thomas can run up and down the court as much as he wants, but if J.R. Smith's going to be moping around in the corner waiting to, to catch and shoot, what good does that do? Uh, they... they they have a, a relatively poorly constructed roster. Uh, so so much goes into uh, game flow and and players finding niches and roles on teams. I can sit here and reference the San Antonio Spurs as a prime example of that. And Cleveland just got a bunch of a bunch of guys who are you know good at one or two things, Call them one trick ponies if you will. But this 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 roster just, just doesn't make much sense.
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't think the roster makes any sense. I don't think they know what they want to do, what, who they want to be. Um, there's a lot of turmoil going on, and I think a lot of it has to deal with um, LeBron and his always wanting to have a, a piece or a piece of the pie or something to say. I think that has a lot to do with it because people are just like, I'm tired of it. But to me, it's like you also know what you're getting into when you go there. Um, you know he's the coach. He's the GM. He's, you know, involved in everything. And that, to me, is the biggest difference of what I see and why I don't, you know, proclaim these coaches to be great, um, you know, who, who go out and, and do, you know, things. To me, it's kind of like I, that's why I enjoy the Belichick. I enjoy the Coach Pops. I enjoy, uh, you know, the Mike Krzyzewskis of the world um, because these guys take a guy, they know what he does well, they know what he doesn't do well, they'll teach you how to be better at the things you don't do, but they're also only going to ask you to do things that you're good at. You know, how many times have you ever seen, you know, Belichick or McDaniel say, okay, hey, Danny Anadola, we're going to put you on the outside now and ask you to run this go-route uh, and beat Richard Sherman. That's not what he does. That's not a situation of what he's going to be. We're not. So why put him in this situation? It was the same thing when Cooks went out, right? Like, they didn't move Amendola to the outside and say, okay, hey, uh, next man up, go do your job. No, okay, hey, Philip Dorsett, guy with the same kind of skill set, capability of Cooks, come in and play. Um, And that, to me, is a sign of great coaching. They don't really have a great coach because when you have a guy like LeBron, uh, you don't really need to be that great Um, because, again, he's just going to run and own everything. So um, you're just kind of, at that point, a political figure uh, and a fall guy. So that, to me, uh, is just one of the things that's wrong um, as well. And it just seems like it comes a point in time, just like with jobs, with relationships, with everything where it's kind of like, okay, it's just time. And I think that's kind of where LeBron's at at this point uh, with his time in Cleveland. Um, it's You know, I, from an ownership standpoint, completely side with Dan Gilbert until, say, I'm not giving up this pick. Um, I don't think they should have let Tyree go, but at the same time they've kind of forced his hand and forced him out. Um, I, I think I think. Just let me just let me, let me interject the for just a
1: moment. I, I think I want to interject for just a moment. I I think Kyrie, for as as much as perhaps he and LeBron may not have gotten along, for as unhappy as Kyrie may have been, dude, Kyrie was perfect for that team. Ky- I I feel like LeBron would be put in check for for whatever the heck that means for whatever that's worth. From time to time, knowing that he had to look across the floor at a guy named Kyrie Irving and realize, this guy's pretty good. Maybe, I, maybe I should take a step back for like two minutes. Cleveland doesn't have anyone on the squad that can, that's even remotely as, that capability. I, I think, I think Kyrie was the perfect jekyll to the Hyde. Um, I think Cleveland lost more than just a good player when they, when they traded away Kyrie. they, they, they lost. They lost way more than just a player. The the uh, I'll bring back the magic word intangible again. The intangibles that Kyrie had on on that squad, and the, the respect that he garnered from his teammates and the opposition is is one that Isaiah Thomas just doesn't present. Kevin Love doesn't have. Jay Crowder, nah. Everyone else, nope. Yeah. I
0: mean, it's they got a lot of problems, a lot of issues. Um, you know, I still think they're good enough to get to the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, I don't think they're that bad that I could see them losing to uh you know, to the Wizards or the uh the Raptors in, you know, seven games. I just I think LeBron is enough of a an eraser. Playoff LeBron is enough of an eraser. Uh playoff. But like I said last week like I said last week, the only true contenders that I see, um, you know, for, you know, Golden State and, um, you know, the Cavs are the Celtics. I, the Celtics are set. I don't – OKC starting to get it together. Um, I just don't – I don't trust Melo. Uh, I don't trust, you know – with Robertson going down, you know, I I don't have faith in OKC because they're not a deep team. Um, so in a seven-game series and a grind them out thing, um, I just don't trust them. Um, and the same thing with Houston. Uh, I you know, I don't I don't think they I, I I don't think they have another level, and that's the biggest thing of what scares me. Um, of Why they don't scare me, I should say, um, is because I don't think they have another level. I think they're great teams, but when you start to kind of just look at it, and when you say, okay, uh, you saw what KD did, uh, and you've seen what Steph has done in the playoffs uh, and in the finals, um, you know, I, you know, when they get into that zone and, and they lock in, um, you know, it's a, it's a totally different feel, a totally different environment. Um, and I, I just don't see anyone else giving them struggles, just other than the Celtics, just because the Celtics have the ability to just switch on everything, and they just present a physicality and a matchup nightmare uh, for Golden State. I think it'll make a hell of a seven-game series. And I think it's a toss-up. Um, <laughs> you know, I can't. Well, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad you mentioned but, yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm glad you mentioned physicality because. Um, first of all, I, I don't want to forget to bring this up. Wouldn't it be something if uh, Kyrie did his best Chris Long and LeGarrette Blunt impression and goes and he goes over to Boston and then puts out Cleveland in the playoffs? I would find that quite comical. But you mentioned physicality. Yeah. Uh, one, one one thing, I mean, so we're talking about all these issues that Cleveland is having. But how, let's let's talk for for a minute. Uh, we're running a little bit short on time, but you know. It, it's okay. Bear, bear with us. Ho- hope you're having fun. We sure are. Now, let's talk a minute about how how they can possibly fix things, I and mean, because the the trade deadline is is yet to come, we're approaching All Star Weekend. We'll get into that in a few minutes. Um, one thing that that Cleveland could benefit from almost immediately is having some low post scoring offensively. I, I talked last week a little bit about how I, you know I'm just upset that. Teams generally have, uh, you know, lack of quality big men on offense, and you know, the, there's been plenty of talk over the years about how forwards and centers are somewhat of a of a fading breed, and et cetera, et cetera. But do you, do you think that if they were to go out, I mean, I'm I'm trying to think of guys that are that are on the block, um, someone who's who's not not a not a superstar, but immediately comes to mind that would be very attainable is a guy like, like Derek Favors, for example. If Cleveland goes out and gets somebody who can, who can bang around in the paint a little bit, I think, I think that would give them a little bit more flexibility on offense, I think it would help to create somewhat of an identity because LeBron, he does many things well. One of that is being physical because uh, Tristan Thompson, I mean, I don't trust him shooting a layup two feet away from the basket. Kevin Love, he doesn't want to go anywhere near the paint. He'll, he wants to stretch the floor as much as possible. Uh, Do do you think that that having somewhat of a consistent low post offensive presence on Cleveland can help remedy things a little bit, or do you think that's just going to shake things up and that's not somewhat of an answer for them?
0: Uh, That, to me, is not an answer for them at all. Um, I, I honestly think they need to truly just trade everyone. Um, the, only the reason Pretty why everyone. I say that is because, I mean, minus LeBron. Um, but I, they just got to get rid of him because to me, it's like, okay, having a consistent low post threat doesn't do much, uh, because the game isn't p- played in the post. Um, so it's kind of like, okay, um, you know, the big man not you know, if that was the case then you know, New Orleans would just dominate with, uh, Boogie and AD. Um, but I know what they really need to do is they need a point guard who is a point guard, um, and more of a distributor. And that's the biggest, to me, one of the biggest issues right now is IT is not, uh, IT is a very ball dominant, uh, point guard. Um, and so you can just see it in the amount of touches uh, when he's on the court compared to with everyone else, you know, their touches go down and, and stuff like that. So for me, um, that's just kind of what I see uh, would be an immediate fix and maybe bring it in, a guy like George Hill. Uh, but with that, you lose a lot of scoring. Uh, you know, IT is explosive and is a guy who can go off, uh, and George Hill is just more of a consistent, steady guy. Um, and so maybe you just say, okay, we'll go with a George Hill, but, you know, say, hey, LeBron, you know, hey, everyone else, you kind of got to step it up. So, um, you know, I think it's a catch-22 with it. Um, I also think you know, kind of, they need somebody other than K Love in the post. They need some sort of rebounding. Because um, just mm-hmm. Tristan Love is not the same Tristan Love. Uh, you know, two years ago, or, or he, guy, he, he got he got two, he got two things.
1: It, he got two things. He got two things. He got a boatload of money and he got a Kardashian. He's done.
0: Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I, I mean, and it's like, and it's, these are the guys, to me, it's like, and I laugh and everyone's like, oh, my God, he's, you know, he's a beast. He's this. And it's like, no, he's not. He's the same Tristan Thompson. He just played good for one year. He had a good year. He is who, you know, my Dennis Green, they are who we thought they are. We are. He is who we thought he was. Ever since he had one breakout year, he ain't done nothing else. <laughs>
1: Oh man. Um, well, if if all if all you want is is the distributor at at the one, I mean, br- bring in bring in Rajan Rondo or Ricky Rubio for that matter. See what happens. Why not? I'm I'm I'm, j- I'm joking. You need something. you not. I do not, <laughs> want, I do not want. I do not want Cleveland to go get Rajan Rondo or Ricky Rubio. Ladies and gentlemen, that is what we call in American culture a joke. Nope. <laughs> uh, so let, let's uh let's get into some all-star weekend. We'll, we'll kind of finish up with, with, uh, bringing up who's going to be in the skills competition, three point challenge dunk contest. Aaron and I can just say who, who we think is going to win each one. Uh, and then we'll, we'll kind of wrap things up here because we need our beauty sleep. Uh, starting with the skills challenge, I'm just going to name the participants. Aaron, you can tell me who you think is going to win and why I'll, I'll do the same and we'll go from there. Um, and if I, if I uh, mispronounce some names, uh, f- forgive me. Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie, Joel Embiid, Al Horford, Laurie Markinen, Buddy Heels from my favorite Sacramento Kings, Jamal Murray, the Canadian, the Unicorn, and Lou Williams. Who are you taking in the yeah. skill challenge, Aaron?
0: Whew. So, I, you know, I got a top three, which I would pick Lou Williams, uh, my boy Chris Fapps, and Joel Embiid. Um, I honestly think it's either going to be Lou Williams or Joel Embiid, though. I, I think one of them two is going to take it. And, I would, and I'm probably leaning more towards Lou Williams just because he's playing out of his mind. Uh, and Joel Embiid and is still on a minutes restriction and can't play back to that game, so you also lose some credit with me um, on that from from being uh, you know as much of a beast as the guy is. Um, but I'm also kind of like, well, if you're fresh every day and people play um, you know a lot of minutes and play back to max, you know there is you know a little bit to me that uh I'll give someone a nod over him rather than a guy who. You know only plays twenty minutes every other day um, you
1: know. <laughs> I, I cannot argue with uh that selection there however um i i took a lot of took a lot of classes back in the day in which didn't really pay much attention to what was going on uh one of those classes was european history uh so I couldn't tell you where Latvia is on the map but I do appreciate a versatile big man in the National Basketball Association. So, with that said, Kristaps persingas is my pick to win the skills challenge. And I th- I think I think he's going I think he's going going to have a lot of fun doing it. He's he's going to going to make it look good. But it'll be entertaining regardless. I think he won it last year. Yes, yeah, see, he did. He did, absolutely. So, e- easy
0: easy pick for me. Easy easy pick for me.
1: Uh, three-point right, so challenge. Go over
0: to three-point. So our three-point challenge, guys, we got Eric Gordon, the Splash Brother, Clay Thompson, Bradley Beal, PG-13, Kyle Lowry, Devin Booker, Wayne Ellington, and Tobias Harris. Um, on this one, I, to me, it's, Clay has to be the front runner. Um, I, you know, Bradley Beal, if he, you know, he's, he reminds me a lot of uh of Alan Houston and one of those guys if he gets hot and gets streaky he can light it up. Um so he's a he's a definite threat. But I mean I just to me Mr Consistency uh Quake <laughs> Well
1: a little bit of uh footnote on Bradley Beal. When he was a child, his babysitter was the well-known rapper, Nelly, if you guys didn't know that. Now, with these three-point challenges, I think a lot of importance has to be placed on uh, endurance and having a quick release. So with that said, I cannot put my money anywhere else other than with the Splash Brother, Clay Thompson. I, I would I would love it if, if Steph was in this thing too. I uh, I can't recall. Can you remember if, if any year they that uh, both Steph and Clay were in the three point contest at the same time?
0: Yeah. I think it was I think it was either two or three years ago. Uh they were both in I it. believe there was, and, yeah. Um, yeah. So I think Steph said he's doing it again next year. Um but I know recently he's been uh he's been one of the players who's taken off weekend off so to speak, of, um, you know, just more of a use it as a time to rest and uh, play because I know that was always a thing they always talk about. That You know, they always ask, okay, who's, you know, from an all-star game perspective of, you know, who kind of wants the time off and who really wants to go at it. Um, So I expect, uh, you know, the splash brother, Clay Thompson, to to hold it down for the Yay area.
1: Yeah, and he went to he went to college out there as well, I believe. Washington State, is that correct? Or or yeah, or, uh, Eastern Washington. I I, I can something Washington. I think it was Washington State. Do you do you, you, had, do you have those facts facts Yeah, Washington State. Okay, I was I was right. Yeah, so, Klay uh, Thompson C- cannot cannot go against that that man right there. There goes that man. Done contest. The, I'm always disappointed, or in recent years, I've been somewhat disappointed in the participants. I was thinking, you know, who, who wouldn't love a you know, LeBron James in a dunk contest? Who wouldn't love a Paul George in a dunk contest? I like, those 20 LeBron other names out up, there.
0: He, he does the same I'm, dunk over hey, and over. I'm, I'm glad he does I'm not
1: participate.
0: I'm,
1: I'm just talking about over the course of the last, you know, five years or so. I'm not talking about 2018 LeBron. But, anyway, Beggars can't be choosers. So we have Victor Oladipo, Larry Nance Jr., another junior, Dennis Smith, and Donovan Mitchell. Well, I mean, I, <laughs> I'm going to go with Oladipo for the simple fact that I think he is probably the most creative dunker out of this group. And I mentioned uh, endurance and having a quick release as being – key factors in a three point contest. I believe that creativity is one of the biggest assets a uh, Dunker can have in the dunk contest. And I think Oladipo uh, in the past has had some, some tricks up his sleeve and I think he will an all star weekend as well. What do you think? I'm going
0: with Dennis Smith Junior. The guy Dennis Smith. Can just, the guy that's what he's known for. So he he's he's actually got me pretty excited. Uh for it, just because I, I'm, he's be, he's known for being a high flyer. He's known for rocking the rim, so you know I'm I'm interested to see what he's got up his sleeve, and uh, I'm, I'm looking for him to throw it down.
1: Throw it down, big man. <laughs> <laughs>
0: now,
1: apparently, this year the uh, the winning players of the All Star game. Are going to reap the reward of one hundred thousand dollars. Is is this accurate?
0: So that is the incentive. I a I think it will work, but b here's the biggest thing that I think that they seem to forget um, is a I don't want to see defense. Like I don't really want to see these guys lock it up. Like I enjoy the one hundred and sixty two to 158 score. Like, let them With play wide open. With the hundred and fifty Yeah. And it's like, let them play wide open. This is what, you know, the fans want to see. It's an entertaining game. Uh, you know, no one wants to see the, you know, because I would take it to baseball, and it's like, I think their off game is boring because it's like, it's super strategic. Like, the person, you know, whoever wins gets home field advantage and stuff like that. So it's just kind of like, Man, let the guys come out there just have fun, um, you know, the last two minutes, three minutes, okay, lock it down, try and win the game, um, and do that. But, like, to make it a competitive, like, 100 to 92 kind of basketball game, is like, hell, that was boring. Like, <laughs> you know. It's all weekend. Uh, it's supposed to be fun. Um, just let them play. Let them have fun. Uh, you know, give the fans what they want to see, but, you know, I think for the most part, no fans really want to see this whole, you know, true mm. basketball regular season, you know, game. You know, Who cares? Like, run ball, have fun. I want to see Steph pull up from the other three-point line and try and hit a three. <laughs> you know, stuff like that. So,
1: so I... I I want to I want to comment <clears throat> that with the Pro Bowl, that both the both the winning and losing teams teams the players from both the winning and losing teams have uh, a monetary bonus. The the, the winning team uh, receives more money, of course, but win or lose, just playing in the Pro Bowl nets you some money. I believe it's 64k for the winners and 32k for the losers. Uh so the NBA isn't the the only the only league to to have this monetary reward for for success uh-oh. In its oh all no.
0: uh-oh uh well real quick breaking hot take. I don't oh. suppress Chris Stat is going down with an ankle injury What oh that's definitely going to
1: oh no oh I I want to see the big man win the skills competition uh, you better you, yeah. oh, oh my game. I'm goodness. sorry it's a knee. He left oh,
0: you left no. in the second quarter of tonight's game with a with a knee injury. C- can we can we re-record this whole this whole show so I can change my my uh, my <laughs> So, there you go. Uh, uh,
1: uh, <laughs> hopefully hopefully it's nothing serious, you know. Speaking 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 sincerely for a moment. Hopefully it's not a major injury for for, for Zing's. He's, he's he's one of the most yeah, exciting I mean, young players just, in the league.
0: Yeah, I mean, hopefully it's just a little tweak, um, you know, sprained knee, something like that. But uh, and as of right now, it looks like the Cavs are going down again. Uh, I think, if I just read that right. So,
1: S- somebody find know. them. A, somebody find them. Somebody find them a big man who can score in the paint, and find them a point guard who can distribute and run the
0: floor. Boom. Yeah. Got it they all. They're currently settled. down, yeah, ninety-three to one hundred and eleven uh, in the fourth quarter. So,
1: but well, ladies and gentlemen, unless you have something else you want to say to these wonderful people on the other end, Aaron, I think we can wrap episode two up of Run the Point. All, all right. Any final words? Sounds like a plan.
0: Hey, congrats right. to the Eagles. All right. Uh, you know, and on to the NBA, in the words of Belichick.
1: So <laughs> <laughs> oh, and pretty soon, that other sport will come around where they throw a ball and hit it with a bat. We'll get to that shortly. But thanks for listening. Tune in again next week. We're out. All
0: right. Peace.